0: Good evening, church. So it's been a minute since I've been up here. I didn't want to take spotlight from our missionaries, so I got a few to catch up on. I'm going to start off with the Savannah Care Center. In 2023, they saw 1,827 women and men. Some clients were new and and others were returning clients. This is a 14% increase from 2022. As you can see, our numbers are constantly growing. This is why our continued support matters. Due to increasing clients, we are in need of volunteers, especially client advocates and donations. The next one is the Women of the Well. 2024, Lord willing, our mission ministry in the year ahead will resolve around responsibilities we enjoy of our service as international field administrator. Since 2006, we have been blessed to facilitate between three to five annual international mission endeavors. We have never ceased to be amazed at the unexpected doors the Lord has opened and 18 years later, we are still finding great joy in serving alongside teams of volunteers in regions of greatest needs. Lord willing, the next endeavor will be in late March to serve Meridia, Mexico, where we will partner with a veteran missionary, Jason and Elaine Thomas. Please be in much prayer as the endeavor to identify ourselves with God's interest in the lost souls of men and women and children. Regarding stateside ministries, the Lord has nearly (coughs) filled our first quarter calendar with mission conferences, special meetings, pulpit supply, In late February, we are scheduled for a few weeks on the road in Alabama, Texas, and Oklahoma. Please pray with us regarding these opportunities as we end 2023 with praise to the Lord so we begin our new 2024 kickoff and concentrated seasons of prayer. Because we love you, dear friends, we want you to know that we are praying for you. Specifically, we are asking that the Lord will comfort and encourage each of you through his word, by his spirit. May God do new work in your heart. May he give you fresh faith, great resolve to serve him with joyful obedience. May we all be about our Father's business, and may Jesus be glorified forever. Gloria and Patty Appleby. Now, the next one, I'm going to touch on some highlights from uh, Direct Line Ministries. This is uh, Thomas and Ginger Green. Figured since they were coming Wednesday. Give you all a little bit about what they're doing right now and what's going on. (coughs) So, first off, they want to thank thank you for faithful prayers and support together. With your help, we have been able to continue shipping containers of scriptures, supplies to missionaries in need. More importantly, the gospel is being distributed in remote places thanks to you. In 2024, the first container was shipped to, was shipped in thanks of Mount, man, these words are hard, but it's a Baptist church, and they, <laughs> they helped them do prints and uh, minister the Bibles together for ministering saints, and they were able to ship the first container of 170,000 scriptures with joy bags to Guadalajara weighing 32,000 pounds. Missionary Angela Lopez will be working with about 80 pastors in Guatemala to dis- distribute and receive scriptures and donations from all the joy bags. This is his 12th time receiving joy bags and saturating the town with the gospel written written from where the new church has started. Priest play for Brother Lopez as he works with the people of Guatemala. And another one is they have a family tree request. And it says, they are blessed to enjoy a few days with their family. Thanks for the Christmas season. We especially enjoyed visiting our family and asked for prayers as they travel back and forth. Obviously, we're getting these letters a little past time, so. Next one is, they have a special prayer request. The Lord has allowed us to receive container scriptures for Honduras. We are praying that the Lord will supply the funds to ship it. Will you please pray with us about this? This container will be shipped very soon by God's grace to missionaries, very Ritchie and a place in Honduras. The Lord allowed him to start 12 churches. They will distribute the scriptures in the streets, markets, new church plant areas, prisons, military bases, and hospitals. I have a I have personally visited their mission, their ministry in Honduras several times, and I'm always blessed and impressed with what the Lord is doing in that area through his gospel. Thanks again for all your prayers and support. Hey, hey man, thank you.
1: Woo. Hey, how are you? Thank you, Brother Danny, and uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate those updates um, on uh, the ministry, uh, ministries there for some of our missionaries uh, and, um, brother Danny's already learning. See, that's what you say. A place in Honduras. You don't even try. You would have thought that the name of the other place was Mount Baptist Church. Cause I wouldn't even have tried this. this I wouldn't even You wouldn't have known no that difference than it was Mount Baptist Church. And, uh, some of them, if you don't think so, go ahead and, and grab you one of those letters and read some of those, uh, read some of those names uh, we get a, a letter from um, uh, the Crocker's in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You, you can, you can, you can, you can uh, educate me on some of them names. Uh, or uh, the flowers in Taiwan. Uh, they come up. Uh, they've got some names that are different than ours. And so um, that's tough to be able to read those. And um, but I appreciate, Brother Danny, going through those and. And looking forward to having the Greens with us, Uh, they're going to be here um, Wednesday, so I hope you'll be able to be back uh, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, going to have a great time together. Brother Green's going to be giving updates on some of the ministries that are going on there. Brother Green took uh, Direct Line Ministries, um, took leadership there, Direct Line Ministries, he's got a lot on his plate. He's also a pastor, he pastors a church out there uh, in the Statesboro area, and, um, and then also is... Um, uh, I, I think he's the president uh, there of Direct Line Ministries, doing what Brother Dean did before he passed away. And so he travels a lot, uh, gets um, scriptures uh, all over the place, joy bags all over the place. Gets the if you've never been out there, they have a, a, a warehouse uh, out there that they've really. It's worth going out there and seeing. Uh, they've got a great big system that, that, that they have out there uh, where the stuff comes in. Uh, when we think of direct line ministries, of course we think of um, scriptures, and we think of joy bags, because that's what we are, are part of. But man, they send I mean, they send literally everything. They send containers of uh, matter of fact, um, we were getting rid of some of the old chairs that we had here that were just not in very good shape. And Brother Green said, we'll, we'll take those because they can use those in some place, Honduras or some place like that. And he took a he took a whole, whole thing of chairs um, that uh, were probably going to go in the trash uh, that he um, was able to use, uh, they were able to use over in uh, another country. And so they ship a lot of different things and um, got a great system that goes on out there. And so um, we're excited to be a part uh, of, uh, of their ministry uh, there in, um, uh, in Statesboro and literally around the world. And then, of course, Applebee's. If you've been here at our church for any time, you know the Applebee's. And um, Miss Applebee uh, started uh, Women of the Well. And um, uh, since uh, then, Brother Applebee uh, has come on as uh, full-time there with, um, I believe they call it Well International now. And uh, they go to lots of different countries, different places reaching um, uh, women and uh, and others with the gospel and uh, just continue to do a good job uh, there and uh, appreciate the, the, the Applebee's uh, friendship. Uh, out in the um, parking lot this morning was found a, a silver uh, bracelet. So if you lost a silver brace, bracelet, uh, I have it up here. It's kind of like it's magnetic or something. I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's, if it's men or women's, and I don't even know if it's, you're allowed to say anymore, if it's men or women's. Uh, but, uh, anyways, I say that in jest, of course, but, uh, that's up here. If you, if you did lose that, or if you know, uh, of whose that is. So, and also if you are capable, if you are able to, um, or you've done it in the past, uh, are able uh, to make a cornhole set. Come see me. We need a cornhole or a cornhole set or a couple cornhole sets uh, for the youth group. And um, so there's really two out there. Okay, when you go out to buy cornhole, if you've ever done it before, if you go out and buy them, they got the really cheap ones that don't last, and then they got the ones that you're like. It's how much. And um, so we wanted something decently made that's going to last. Uh, and uh, I know in the past uh, people have made those. So if you know of anybody, or if you do yourself, uh, can make a, a cornhole set. Or a couple of them uh, come see me uh, or see Matt and Mary Lauren and uh, that uh, the youth the, uh, the youth group could really uh, benefit from that. Last thing, uh, if you have not turned in your faith promise, or you need a faith promise, if you can get that turned in, that would be uh, awesome. I think we. I think we've got uh, mostly everybody uh, lined up uh, for our faith promise. But if you have been waiting or if you have not had the opportunity to do so yet, if you could go ahead and get that taken care of so we could just finalize that budget and uh, be ready for 2024. I think Brother Dwayne told me we're right around... Fifty-four, fifty-five thousand uh, for um, for this year, and um, I think we were right at about fifty-seven uh, last year. So we're right about back to where we were, and um, to me, that's a victory. And so uh, I'm thankful uh, for all you that um, are part of uh, uh, Faith Promise Missions and um, getting the gospel uh, preached. Uh, around the world. Okay, so we've been talking about uh, uh, this um, uh, this idea of a journey, this journey that we are uh, we are all on that we're all making. And uh, Paul uses the analogy of a race, uh, this race that we're running, this journey that we're taking. And we've been talking about uh, uh, a couple things, really two things. One we talked about for the last couple of weeks, and um, Uh, The first point, the first advice for the journey is what? If you know, go, right? If you know, go. If you know it's the will of God, be confident it's the will of God and march forward. Go forward uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, I want to start the second one. And the second advice is, when in doubt, cry out. When in doubt, cry out. If you know, go. If you know it's right to do it, then do it. Because if you know it's right to do it and you don't do it, it's sin. The Scripture says. And so, if you know it's right to go, then go. If you know it's right to read your Bible, read your Bible. If you know it's right to go to church, go to church. If you know it's right to pray, then pray. If you know it's right to witness, then be a witness. Right? If you know it's right to, 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 to uh, if you know it's right, then go. We need to, we need to uh, move forward. Be doers, uh, James said, of the word and not hearers uh, uh, only. And then, when in doubt, cry out. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. I pray that you would bless us as we look into your word. Speak to our hearts like only you can. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Very, very, very common verse, okay? Jeremiah 33, what verse am I going to? Verse 3. I should have said, no, it's verse 4. I wasn't going to talk about verse 3. What does Jeremiah 33, 3 say? Call upon me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. When in doubt, cry out. Prayer ought to be an integral part of every single Christian's life. Prayer ought to be something that uh, is part of who we are, not just something that we do. Okay, so sometimes I think we get caught up. I'm going I'm, I'm to start a, a, a message. I was talking to somebody today about uh, about this, and um, it just really kind of struck me. I've said it before, but it really struck me that I really want to study this a little bit, a little bit, a little bit further, and and really preach a, a series of messages on this subject. Uh, um, we need to be more concerned. About our being than our doing. I said that to somebody, and they said, Okay, explain to me what you mean. And we talked about it for uh, a little bit of time about being instead of just doing. Sometimes we do and get in a rut. We go to church, we've always gone to church. We've been going to church. My wife's been going to church nine months before she was born. I mean, she's gone to church her whole entire life. And she, that's what she does. She goes to church because uh, that's what she was brought up to do, to go to church. And sometimes we can get in a spot in our lives where we tend to forget why we're doing what we're doing. Why are we praying? Why are we reading God's word? Why do we go to church? Why, do we, why are we a witness? Are we doing those things because we're supposed to be doing those things? Are we doing those things based on the foundation that we are creatures in Christ? See, it's about, it's about being. I'm not reading God's word. I'm not studying God's word necessarily to do the things God's Word tells me to do. Okay, watch that. Now, that's a byproduct of me reading God's Word. But I'm reading God's Word, because what happens, what happens when, uh, when the Bible says in, in Hebrews 10, verse 25? What does it say? Don't forsake the, self, forsake the assembling of yourselves together, Right? What happens when you get to the place that you can't, you're shut in, you can't go to church? But, but wait a minute, Why did I re- what was the point in me reading that? Have you ever done this? Have you ever read through your Bible? If you've never done that, I recommend, I recommend that you do that. If you're new to the faith or you've never read through your Bible before, I recommend that you read through the New Testament first. Before you read through the entire Bible, so many people get caught. They read Genesis and they're like, man, this is gonna be good. Guess what the next book is? And you think to yourself, what in the and, and if you've never thought to yourself this, then, then you you ain't telling the truth. You ever get you ever get to to Leviticus, and you start reading through Leviticus, or you get to Deuteronomy, and you start reading, and you think to yourself, What in the world am I reading this for? I'm not under the law, right? I'm under grace. I'm not not Jewish. I don't don't need to keep the Levitical laws. If you've never read them, you talk about restrictions. I just thought Bible college was restrictive. I mean, you can't eat this. You can't do that. You can't wear this. You can't. By the way, you disobey your parents. They stone you to death. I'm here to tell you, folks, we wouldn't have anybody left. Talk about cutting your population down. I mean, you get to the begat, you get to the begats, right? And -and so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so begat so-and-so and so. You think to yourself, why in the world am I reading? What is the purpose of me reading this? Do you know that God put everything in his word on purpose? It wasn't by accident. He did it on purpose. I say this all the time. I think it's a very important thing to remember when we're reading the Word of God. Not all the Word of God is to us, but all the Word of God is for us. Right? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable, for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, mature, grown up. That's what the Word of God does. By the way, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So why am I reading Leviticus? Why do I read Deuteronomy? Why do I read portions of Matthew that are clearly written to the Jew? Why in the world am I reading all this? I'm reading it because of who I am, not what I do. I'm not going to read Leviticus. Listen to me. I'm not going to read Leviticus and change my diet. I'm not going to do that. I'm, just, I'm, just not, I'm not saying you're wrong to do it. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to read through the, the law and say, okay, well, I'm going to start observing the Sabbath. Well, we already, we already observed the Sabbath, preacher. No, we do not. Well, my Sabbath is the Sunday Sabbath, not the biblical Sabbath. The biblical Sabbath says you stay yourself at home. You don't go out on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath is rest day. And by the way, the Sabbath was always on a Saturday. It wasn't on a Sunday, and it was uh, from sun up to sundown. And, and boy, you did nothing. You, you found somebody in a ditch. You left them in the ditch. You did nothing on the Sabbath day. So I'm not, I'm not reading the, through the law and saying, okay, from now on, from this day forward, I'm going to keep the Sabbath. That's not why I'm reading it. I'm reading it because of who I am in Christ. See, that changes everything about my reading. It changes everything about my prayers. I'm not praying so I can get something. I'm not giving so I can get something. I'm telling you, the prosperity gospel has destroyed the church it's destroyed church people. This idea that if I just, if I, if I give my last penny, God will give me money or heal me or do this for me or save this person that I've been praying for or, or, or. Listen, I don't give to get. I give because of who I am. You see what I'm saying when I'm talking about being? I said I'm going to Preach a series, I didn't mean tonight. I'm going to preach a series on that. But you know what I'm talking about. I, I, I want to I I do the things that I do because I have the right foundation. How silly. How silly would it be for you to have them come in and, and lay rebar and, and, and pour concrete and make this, this nice, beautiful, even foundation, and then you move over 100 feet and build a house? On the ground. And boy, that house can be beautiful, can't it? I mean, it's got nice walls. It's got nice columns. It's two-story. I mean, it's got a chimney. It's got everything you ever wanted. And when people drive by that house, they think to themselves, wow, that's a gorgeous house. Until the storm comes. When the storm comes and the wind blows, guess what? The house crumbles because it has no foundation. The foundation is our being. Do you understand? Jesus Christ is our foundation. And when we build our house, when we, when we walk this journey, when we do the things we do, we do them upon the foundation. It doesn't matter. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. You you... We got to get ourselves out of that thought process. I'll go to church because I'm afraid that somebody might think that I that, that I don't care because I'm not. gonna Well, we're so concerned about everybody else thinks that we've forgotten that it's most important what God thinks. And when 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 God has a when God has a a, a, a recollect of who you are, it's a lot different than when man does. And so a. Uh, uh, have that right foundation. And part of having that right foundation is then when you're in doubt, when you don't know what the next step is, when you don't, then stop. Don't, don't, don't go forward. When in doubt, cry out. Ian e. Bounds, if you've never read anything about Ian e. Bounds, he, he was the master at writing about prayer. I mean, he has got an entire series of books on the power of prayer and intercession. And, matter of fact, he's got a book, a huge book that's called The Essentials of Prayer by Ian e. Bounds. And Ian e. Bounds said this Our praying needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires. A persistency which will not be denied and a courage that never fails. It's the kind of prayer that we we need to pray when we're on the mountaintop and things are going good. We need to pray when we're in the valley and things seem like they continue to go wrong one after another after another. Do you know when we pray... Most people, wait, I mean, let, 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 let's put it this way. When you pray, you ought to expect an answer. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point in praying? It's like, what's the point in praying without believing, right? I mean, if, if you're not going to believe in your prayers, then what's the point in praying to begin with? And so when we pray, but here's the problem. When we pray, we pray in bias. Do we not? When we pray, we pray and we ask God. I, I, I'll just give you—I'll just give you a real example, real confession here. I'm going to give you—I'm going to give you a confession. I'm the confessor, you're the priest. Listen. When I pray, here a lot lately, I said, "Pray." I prayed this prayer, Lord. I just want to have my eyesight back. Pretty, pretty selfish prayer. Now, I pray other things as well. I don't misunderstand me. But I say, Lord, I just want to be able to see so that I can read. I just want to be able to see so that I can drive. Boy, it is. When you go from somebody, I drive everywhere. When we go somewhere, if we drive and it takes us 16 hours to get somewhere, out of those 16 hours... I drive 16, and Wendy generally doesn't drive. When she drives, it's like I'm like dog-dead tired, and you know, I'm, I'm about to run into a tractor-trailer truck that's coming towards me. Otherwise, I'm driving. Now, you ever heard that saying, you don't know, it's, you don't, you don't know what you got until it's gone, to you lost something? And this ability to drive, man, if i got to go somewhere, i got to have somebody told me. If I've got to go to the hospital, I got to, now I've got to have somebody to drive me. Now, every once in a while, if you see me on the road, don't be afraid. Every once in a while, I'll close this eye, and I'll really concentrate with this eye, and I can drive short distances. Not a generally a good idea, because I have a hard time seeing. And I'm praying, Lord, I want my eyesight back. And do you know when I want my eyesight back? Now, I don't want it tomorrow. I don't want it next week. I don't want it next month. I don't want it next year. I want my eyesight back now. Lord, I want this to stop. Lord, I want so-and-so to be saved. Lord, I need this to happen in my life. And we often pray the opposite of what Jesus prayed. We often pray, Lord, not your will, but mine be done. Remember what Jesus said, and Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done, right? And so when we pray, and we pray, and we pray for God to go back to mine. We pray, you just put put your prayer in there, because we all have them. And you pray, and you say, Lord, I want my eyesight back. And the Lord doesn't give us our eyesight back right away. We get a little miffed. We get a little upset. We get a little discouraged. Do you know why? Because we prayed in the wrong manner. So if we're praying from who we are as our being rather than our doing, then we're praying this prayer, Lord, I want my eyesight back, but not my will. Thine me done. So whether that happens, or it doesn't happen, or it happens down the road, whenever it happens, Lord, it's out of my hands, and it is in your hands. Isn't that what prayer's supposed to be about anyways? Isn't prayer supposed to be about casting all our care upon Him? Not so that we can drag it back and put it back in our pocket, but that we can cast our care upon Him and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I depend upon you. Lord, I know that you can take care of this better than I can. What is it supposed to do? It's supposed to take a weight off, not add one to us. So the results aren't up to you. If the results, let's think, think about it just for, for a second logically with me. If the results were up to you, what are you praying for? What's the point in praying if you can solve it yourself? If you can do it yourself, what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God, right? What is prayer? One of my favorite definitions of prayer, real simple, prayer is getting God involved. God needs to be involved in every area of our life, in every facet of our life, every decision of our life. We need God involved. And praying says, Lord, I can't do anything about this, but I know you can. Or praying is also saying, Lord, I can do something about this, but I know you can do something better about this than I can. And that's what prayer uh, is all about. And God's people need to pray. We must call out. We must call out uh, to the Lord over and over and over again. The Bible talks about Prayer and crying out to, to our God. And we need to have a, a healthy and a vibrant prayer life uh, in, uh, in each one of our lives. Uh, I want to read two verses to you. Both of them are in the Psalms. We must call out, we must pray while waiting. While waiting. I hate waiting. I hate it. I, I, maybe you love it. Maybe you're deranged and you just like to wait. I, I, I cannot stand waiting. I can't stand to wait in line. I can't stand to be in traffic. I can't stand to be around a bunch of people. I just, we, we decided Kyle took me to lunch the other day and, uh, and uh, we, uh, he said, uh, where do you want to go? This is what, this is what we often do in our, in our household. Where do you want to go to lunch? I don't care, wherever you want to go to lunch. And if it's me and Kyle, let me tell you what we do. We get in the car, and the truck, and he just starts driving. I say, well, there goes that restaurant. Well, there goes that restaurant. Guess you don't want to eat there. I guess we're going to Point Wentworth. Oh, there goes Point Wentworth. I guess we're going to Pooler. Kyle, you got to pick somewhere to eat, son. Where are we going to eat? To-? We decided to go to Pooler. We decided to go to Pooler and forgot it was Saturday. I mean, I'm here to tell you, I don't know if you've been to Pooler lately, folks, but it is unbelievable. We come up to get off on the Pooler Pooler Parkway, it is backed up onto the highway. Thinking to myself, all the restaurants are right there on Pooler Parkway. And I said, let me tell you something. Olive Garden is out. Texas Roadhouse is out to and we, I went down that whole road because we are not sitting in that line waiting to get on that road. Just not doing it. So we passed and went down to 80 and got off on 80 and, and went down to ate. Chinese restaurants. is where I wanted to eat anyways. And so we ended up there at the Chinese restaurant. And so wait. And we got into the Chinese restaurant. And there are people everywhere. I mean everywhere. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, it's my wife. My wife hates buffets. She says, look, it's, it's gomming. People gom all over the food and put their hands in there and just, it don't bother me much, especially when you can't see. You don't care what it looks like. And so, I, I, but the people, I'm not a big waiter, but you know, sometimes we have to wait on the Lord. Sometimes, listen to what Psalm 27, verse 14 says Psalm 27, 14 wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 37. Psalm 37 and verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So rest And wait upon the Lord. Sometimes we want something and we want it right now. But I hope you believe this. I hope you believe God always has your best interest at his heart. He wants the best for you. And by the way, not only does he want the best for you, he knows what's best for you. You ever try to get through to somebody? I mean, you ever try to talk to somebody about an experience that you know this is gonna turn out bad? You know this is good, but that person is so pig headed. They're so hard headed. Sometimes they came from you, so that's why they're pig headed and hard headed. And they're not going to learn, right, until they learn on their own. And you, though you have their best interest at heart, and you know how it's going to turn out, sometimes they still make bad decisions. I know God doesn't get frustrated, but can you imagine God being dealing with us? I'd have gave up on us a long, long time ago. And by the way, I'd have gave up on me a long, long time ago. God, I've been just, uh, I've, I tried to tell you, if you do this, this is going to happen. If you ignore this, this is going to happen. You need to wait. You need to not do X, Y, Z until I tell you to do X, Y, Z. Otherwise, this is going to happen. You ever, your parents ever tell you? Growing up, my mom used to tell me all the time. Wait 30 minutes after you eat to go swimming. You ever heard that? Because otherwise you can, get, you can get cramps. Well, I thought, you know, my mom was the dumbest person on the planet. I mean, I ain't never heard of no such thing as that before. And uh, I can tell you, it may not be true of everybody, but I, it, it's, it might be an old wise tale, but it's a pretty smart old wise tale. I'm tell you how many times I've got cramps because I just didn't believe it. I just went, jumped in the lake, went swimming, and boy, you just you just feel and you get cramps in your sides and your and, you, and you, your your mother's on the side of the you know on the side saying, well, you know, I told you that's what's going to happen. Touch that burner, you're going to get burnt. Go ahead and touch it, but I promise you, you touch it, you're going to get burnt. Boom, you get burnt, and you say, I don't know what happened. Sometimes we have to wait. Patiently upon the Lord. And when we cry out, we need to cry out to waiting on the Lord. You heard this statement before, haste often makes waste. Haste often makes waste. It is a detriment. I'm telling you, it's a detriment to your Christianity to get ahead of the Lord. Don't get ahead of the Lord because you're impatient. Don't get ahead of the Lord because you refuse to wait. So many things are missed because we jump the gun and we're not willing to wait on the Lord. Don't make a bad decision because you got ahead of the Lord. How many of us have done that before? Made bad decisions because we decided not to wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord and He will uh, guide you. He will uh, give you what you need, including not only must we call out while waiting, but we need to call out for wisdom. We need to call out for wisdom. Be cautious. Well, I can't say this enough. Be cautious when seeking wisdom. Where do you get your wisdom? If your wisdom comes from social media, if your wisdom comes from, you know, the the CBS News or any of the other news stations, if you're getting wisdom, have you ever seen, I've never watched the show because it's just a stupid show. And if you watch it and you're offended because I said it's stupid, well, I'm sorry, it's stupid. But I've seen these clips on the show called The View. You've seen that? Got that? Got that? Whoopi Goldberg. She's got. She's. She has no brain cells at all. And Bayer, Bayer, or whatever her name is, and all these. These. I mean, they come up with the dumbest stuff. And I'm here to tell you, they'll give statistics that are proven to be a complete and utter lie. Nobody even calls them out on it. They just say, oh, okay. And you fact find it and you say, wait a minute, what they said isn't even true. You better be careful and you better be cautious where you're getting your wisdom from. Just because you read it in a book doesn't make it true. Just because you saw it on on on, uh, uh, on Google doesn't make it true. There was a when our kids were homeschooled, and they we used to we used to go to EAL. It's called EAL Eclectic Academy of Learning, and uh, for one day during the week, and they had to write papers and they had to give references for where they got their information. One of the places they were never allowed to reference was Wikipedia. And that aggravated our kids, because Wikipedia is so easy to just click. And and Heather, which was the the main teacher of, of, of EAL, she used to say this about computers. Listen, and I say it all the time, data in, data out. Whatever's in there, somebody put in there. The computer didn't just come up with it by itself. Somebody put it in there. And just because somebody wrote an article and put it on Wikipedia doesn't make it true. Just because somebody that has a PhD decides to write a a book doesn't make it true. Be careful where you gain your wisdom. What does God say? In the book of James, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Give to all men liberally, a breadeth not; it shall be given to them. So God wants us to have wisdom. He just wants us to have wisdom from the right place, from the right source. I have read so many books in my uh, in my lifetime uh, uh, that I've uh, uh, that that I that I look back at. So I tell you what I do with a book, if you ever borrow one of my books, sometimes what you'll see in the front of that book is a, is a sticky, a stickum on the front of the book with a date. That was the last time I read that book, and I always keep up the date on when I read a book. And sometimes I'll go back and read a, read a book again, or I'll read the highlighted portions of the book that I already read, and, and, and then I'll put a new date, and, and that's the new date I wrote. There are some books that are hilarious. 88 reasons that Jesus is coming in 1988. It's a real book, and it's hilarious. I mean, here's the reasons why. 88 wrong reasons that Jesus is coming in 1988. By the way, if you didn't know this, he didn't come in 1988. He ain't come yet. And so uh, you look back at that and you think to yourself, what in the world? You know, I love to read about archaeology. I just, I, just love the, I just love the study of it. And I love to look at uh, uh, some of these old uh, um, archaeologists that have, uh, especially biblical archaeology. I, I like secular as well, but these biblical archaeologists, well, let me tell you something. They're obscure pretty fast. You look at an older archaeology book, and you think to yourself, well, wow, they discovered that a long, long time ago. We know that. Read medical books. Boy, have they changed? Do you know what you do know what they used to do for someone that had some kind of infection in their body, right? You know what they used to do? They used to cut them. They used to bleed them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how? I think some of the doctors today. I think they. You know they're. About its equivalent to that. But, I mean, you just go in and we're just going to bleed. There's life in the blood, the Scripture says, and you're taking all the blood out. A matter of fact, I believe it was George Washington that died of that, of bleeding. And so uh, things change through the years, right? One thing that has never changed and one thing that never will is God's Word. That's why it's the source of wisdom that we need as uh, Believers, we need the wisdom of God. Without the wisdom of God, we're going to fail. Without the wisdom of God, we're going to falter. And if we don't have that wisdom, we're going to find ourselves in trouble. The world says that wisdom is obtained from within. We get wisdom from my own knowledge, from my own study. From my own hard work. But the Bible says that wisdom comes from God. And that's why James 1.5 says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Go to the source that knows. Go to, the, go to the source that, listen, if I know that you know a lot about a subject and I'm curious about that subject, I'm going to come and ask you questions. Because I know that maybe you don't have all the answers, but you've got way more answers than I do. I'm not going to come up to you, and I'm not going to ask you a series of questions on rocket science if you don't know anything about rocket science. I'm not going to ask you a series of questions about mechanics if you know nothing about cars. I'm not going to ask you a series of questions about a subject, about brain surgery, if you know nothing about brain surgery. When we well, listen, let's be let's be truthful. Let's be honest. When we have a medical when we have a medical question, who do we go to? And I know she's there because that's where she always sits, Charlotte Johnson. I mean, she gets more questions than anybody in this church about everything. I mean everything. I don't know how many times she's been over to the house, she comes over to my house, if there's something going on, and she t- I mean, if she tells me i got to go to the doctor, I'll go to the doctor. That's, I mean, why? Because she's knowledgeable about those things. I'm just picking up I in mean, Charlotte, but that's my, my point is she's knowledgeable about those things. Um, so, so why do we go to sources that know nothing about the Bible? when it comes to wisdom about the Bible. If I'm going to ask somebody about the Bible, I'm not going to ask somebody that knows less than I do about scriptural things. I'm going to go to somebody that knows more than I do about scriptural things. When I got questions, let me tell you something. There's, there's, there's people that I go to. I mean, H.A. Ironside. Now, I can't go talk to him because he's dead. But I can read his books. Boy, I go, I go to people. Uh, I go to uh, people like F. B. Meyer. I go to people like Charles Haddon Spurgeon. I go to the, all these old guys. They all had three names. They always went by three names. If they go by three names, you could probably trust them, ex- ex- except for all the assassins. All those assassins had three names too. But anyways, uh, uh, my point is, you could go to them for wisdom. You could open it up. They're not infallible. I'm Not saying that. But you have to be careful where you go for your wisdom. I got some some people on my shelf. Now let me tell you something. If I had a question about Genesis, I'd never look at what they had to say. They didn't get anything right. I mean, I mean, all the stuff that they talk about is not even close. But man, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to talk about Calvinism, boy, well, they know A to Z about it. Know where you're getting your wisdom. Go to the right source. God, listen to me, God is always the right source. You can't fail by going to God. God always knows, and God always gives the understanding and knowledge that we need in our lives. Knowledge, think think about this. Oh, William Cooper. William Cooper, now it's spelled spelled Cowper. It looks like Cowper, C-O-W-P-E-R. If you've seen his name before, he was an old hymn writer and songwriter way, way back when. But it's it's pronounced Cooper. William Cooper said this, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is proud that it knows so much. But wisdom is humble that it knows no more. Knowledge, boy, I mean, we... We pat ourselves on the back about knowledge, and we know about this, and we know about that, and we you know, show off about how much we know. But let me tell you something. Wisdom says, you ever figure this out? Knowledge says this. When I first got saved and I began to learn things about the Bible, knowledge says, boy, I know a lot about that. I know more than you do. And I know more than you do, and I know more than you do. You know what wisdom says? I don't know anything about the Bible. The longer I'm in it, the less I seem to know. The longer I'm in it, people ask questions, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know why this is like this. I don't know why this is like this. Wisdom keeps us on our toes, keeps us studying the Word of God. You allow God's Word to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. That's the wisdom that we need. And if you're seeking wisdom from the right source and from the right place, you'll you'll make the right decision. But when you're seeking your wisdom and you're seeking your knowledge from the wrong source, do you know why there are so many people that are going down the wrong path? Do you ever scratch your head and wonder why so many people follow charlatans and false teachers and false prophets? You ever wonder why, I tell you, this preacher, and probably most preachers do, wonder why people, tens of thousands of people will go to a church that, man, man, the guy could preach his way out of a wet paper bag? I mean, the knowledge that he has of the Bible, you could fit in a thimble? I mean, he's got a great, big, beautiful smile, But that's about all he's got. He's as shallow as a mud puddle. And tens of thousands of people follow him. He's got got more money than Oprah Winfrey. I'm telling you, he has got money coming out of his ears. Matter of fact, they found some in a toilet, underneath the toilet, in his church. Do what? Yeah, read about it. That's okay. People follow him, people love him. And then you and then you got churches that, well, we're we're lucky to get 150 people to come to church. You think to yourself, why do so many people because let me tell you what, so many people have gone down the wrong path because they followed the wrong person, the wrong wisdom, the wrong knowledge. You can take what many of them believe and you can add it all together. And it would be less than what you learned in Sunday school. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just telling you the truth. It's the absolute truth. You go to, I, I challenge you, even in the South, I challenge you to go to the average person and ask them a biblical question. Do you know the least answered questions on Jeopardy? Bible questions. Do you know how often they come up? Rare. I mean, it's rare. More times of how many you know how many fruits start with the letter Q? I mean, I mean that, that, that's more popular than than biblical questions. It's the only ones I get right. I mean, every time it comes out, I get excited. I, I can answer those ones, and some of them can't even. And and the host half the time can't even can't even pronounce the words right. You're thinking to yourself, Dude, what? something comes on the TV and, and, and a news reporter starts talking about things that are biblical. They're clueless. Why? I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they've got their knowledge from the wrong place. When you get your knowledge and your wisdom from the wrong place, it collapses everything that you believe biblically. You see, for most people, and unfortunately, even in a lot of churches. For most people, this is just another book. It's all it is. It's just another book to be read. It's really no different than the Koran. That's a religious book. It's no different than the New World Translation, Jehovah's Witness. It's just, that's a religious book. Just take all these other religious books. It's really nothing different than those. It's a good book but we don't believe it's just a good book. We believe it's the the book. Matter of fact, the Bible means the book of books. It's where we gain our wisdom for the journey that we walk every day. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the foundation that we need, uh, the wisdom that we need, the patience that we need as we wait upon you to do great and mighty things which we know not. Open up our eyes, Lord, and help us to see. Open up our hearts. Help us to receive what you'd have for us in this this thing we call life, this journey that we're on. I pray, Lord, that you guide and direct us every step of the way. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Good to see you this this evening. Trust